This week, a new organic scheme opened, a package of payments to encourage farmers to adopt methods of farming that cut out pesticides and chemical fertilisers. Now we have an ambitious target to reach 10% of agricultural land to be farmed this way by 2030. But right now, there's only 4% and 4,000 farmers farming organically. When I sat down with Minister of State Pippa Hackett, whose responsibility for the scheme in the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, I began by asking her how much interest did she predict there would be? I think there's a lot of interest out there. Um, look, I, I can't predict how many will apply or, or the types of farmers that will apply. Obviously, we have a finite budget, unfortunately. I'd love to have a, an infinite budget to support to board, support organic farmers, but that decision because will be made. last time you accepted every kind of eligible farmer that that applied, it's, so you're saying that the budget potentially won't be there this time for every well, farmer we, that applies? Well, we just don't know until we get the applications in. I mean, I do, as I say, anticipate good interest again. Certainly the, the, the noises and the, the music on the ground is very positive and we've seen certainly I suppose an unprecedented interest in organic farming over the last couple of years um, but we'll just have to see what numbers come in and, and see what budget is available. Over 90% of the 4,000 farmers who are organic are beef and sheep farmers. Would you weight it in favour perhaps of tillage and horticulture and dairy farmers because I guess organics would like more of them? Um, yes, organics would like more of them but ultimately we can't force any farmer into it and it, it is a choice that they have to make if they they you know, A, want to become organic and B, want to embrace what it means. I mean, it isn't just about the money and I, I'm sort of, a, uh, I try to express this as much as I can. This isn't just, it is it is well-paid scheme and it's there to incentivise farmers to get into organics, but ultimately they need to want to do it as well. And I think, um, so we do need that, that right type but of farmer. Potentially not another 2,000 well, farmers. Well, then we, the money isn't there for We don't know. We, 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 you, you must have some idea though. Well, I mean, we can see with the figures that we've we've got extra money this year, you know, for 2024 for organic farming. Um, when you so it's a five-year contract. That it you is, have to but have. when you tot up the sums for that, you're looking in around 1,000. But I mean, we, we we would have to wait and see what so the 1, interest 000, is. 1,000 farmers. Well, that, that's not set in stone, but that's roughly what the, the anyone can work out the sums, what the budget is for 2024. Are you worried that the markets aren't there for organics? Because that is what a lot of farmers out there listening are are worried about. We're seeing now as well. There's up to a 20% leakage of one-year-old beef animals in organics going into the conventional system. The markets don't seem to be there. Um, I don't think the markets have been t- particularly strong to now. I mean, half of the challenge of that is that we have produced such a, f- a low amount of organic, you know, particularly in beef. I mean, what are we, we're talking about up to now about 100 animals a week. You know, that's a drop in the ocean. But even and the then chal- you're getting that leakage. Yeah, but the challenge is... there aren't is, organic finishers But the there. challenge is you can't um, provide consistency of supply. You know, um, the, the supermarkets across Europe in particular, you know, they want 12 months of the year. It might align brilliantly with how we see organics, you know, in terms of a seasonality. They want the 12 months. We just haven't been able to supply that. And we're only, we've only been in small marketplaces in Europe. But with the potential now, um, Bordbia now have in place an organic sector manager. So they're really, um, you know, putting the shoulder to the wheel in terms of seeking out those markets. I've been on a, a number of trade missions now, mainly to Germany. I'm just back from France last week. And certainly, um, certainly what, what people are saying is if you can supply us, you know, certainly in, in beef, um, cheddar cheese has come up quite a few times in terms of a demand and people would, would like to see that in, in European supermarkets. If we can supply it, we can, it enables us with a bigger volume to get into a bigger market share. But, but you have had this brief for over three years and if I'm an 
organic sheep farmer in Donegal, my nearest organic processor is over three hours away well, uh, I mean, in the east of Ireland. Is that not a, a key problem there? Th- well, absolutely. But whether the Donegal farmer wants to finish them himself or herself, that's, that's one issue. What is the issue, and you talked about it in relation to leakage, is that we need to connect that uh, farmer with a, with a finisher further south and further closer to where the, the animal will end up being processed. And in a way, that's why we establish, we listen to the farmers and the sector and we establish an organic trading hub now. It's an online trading hub that enables farmers maybe in the West and the North who are maybe, who would rather see their animals, you know, finished and, and, and like, sold as organic. Do you, do you think organic. a trading hub is going to solve the problem? Because a lot of organic farmers have those connections already. If there aren't organic finishers there to finish the animals, potentially because there's enough organic meal, it's too expensive, it's almost double what conventional farmers have to pay, nearly triple if you're an organic dairy dairy farmer. Are those not key issues that haven't been addressed? Um, I don't think I don't think there's a lot of organic producers in the west of Ireland who don't know any any organic finishers and 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 probably you know it hasn't been made obvious to them how they make that connection. I think the hub will help with that. I mean you've certainly seen an upsurge in terms of organic marts now. They're they're popping up. I shared one there this morning on 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 Twitter. They're they're up they're coming up all over the place. I mean before there was drum drum shambo and that was really it. Now there's organic marts and opportunities there for for farmers to trade. Um and I think as as those markets develop, and I believe they will, you know, in Europe and in Ireland, our board B have recently um, launched a domestic campaign for organic <laughs> produce. We will see more finishers come into the market. Uh, uh, well, well, that's the beef side of things. I think beef farmers will still have a and, lot, and lo- for a lamb lot, as well. A, and for a, lamb. a lot of con- concerns. You mentioned cheddar there briefly, and. Organic dairy farmers, there are 17,500 conventional dairy farmers in the country. Barely 60 of them are organic. What are you doing to encourage more dairy farmers to become organic if you are? Because it seems like they're facing higher feed costs. There seems to be a lack of market as well, potentially for organic dairy produce. And also when we get back to climate change and climate targets, do you not want more dairy farmers to become organic? Because those are the farmers who are using an awful lot of chemical fertiliser who are branded intensive and they're just not attracted to going into organics. Well, absolutely. I mean, in terms of climate emissions um, and carbon emissions, you know, the more dairy farmers we have, uh, organic but, dairy but they farmers don't want we have, to, the better. The flat, price, well, they get, are, the flat price they get from the main processor in Ireland, Glenisk, is 45 centilitre. There are conventional dairy farmers out there this year who are getting over 50 centilitre. And this is in a year that hasn't been particularly good for yeah, milk prices. Yeah, but you're, you're probably not comparing like with like there. If you look at the 10-year the trends for organic dairy prices, it has been consistent at a price. You look at conventional prices for dairy, OK, we had a bump per year last year. I mean, in some places, the, the price has been halved this year for conventional. But those it's, organic it's dairy farmers are paying nearly triple for organic feed. Well, they shouldn't be buying so much organic feed. They should be utilising their own grassland. That's they should a be very going, simple thing no, to it, say, it but is, if you but if you're, but a, listen, if you're a you winter not, milker, this, no, you need to this, use feed. But this is not about what do I replace my um, when I'm a conventional farmer versus being an organic farmer. What do I replace everything with? This is about farming differently. And if you follow those, there's a couple of really progressive organic dairy farmers who thought this through before they went organic. They were using multi-species swords five and, and, and eight years ago. They, they, they grow their own red clover silage. They have their protein needs met through a lot of the stuff they grow on their own farms. That I, I think is part of the I challenge. I think that's a very that simple th- thing, thing to say. We still don't have that value added markets. But what I do want to talk about as well is forestry, because that is a part of your brief. You have a 1.3 billion euro forest, forestry scheme there for farmers. But the planting to date has been 2,000 hectares. The target annually is 8,000 hectares. Are you confident you can meet that target? Well, look, the planting rates to date, it's 
no secret. They have been low. Um, we've spent the last three years fixing the problems of, of the last 10, you could say. Um, the last three years have been spent um, replacing the old inefficient, ineffective and quite frankly not functioning licensing system which had led to backlogs, led to appeals. So farmers should been, feel more confident well, if they apply for this forestry scheme. Last three years scheme. have been fix, fixing the licensing system which is now fit for purpose. Also implementing at, at, at pains and at great length to be honest, unfortunately longer than we'd have liked, a brand new programme which is now an, a, a, attractive to farmers in a way that the old programme wasn't. We've seen increased rates of payment, longer term payments and the interest is there among farmers because farmers know the need Are to Are they trees. worried about things like the ash dieback scheme? Are they worried about another ash, ash dieback si- situation happening? And indeed in terms of the ash dieback scheme, it was called a national emergency by a review commissioned by our own government. What is happening there for those landowners? Well ash dieback, yes, has been a, a, an awful thing to happen forestry and, all, and particularly if you are an owner of ash dieback and I've met with many of them, I've visited plantations um, as you know I commissioned a, uh, a report to review what we've done, it came up with 13 recommendations 10 are in hand, 3 related to financial payments, that's the tricky bit and that's the bit everyone wants to get right what we are examining now under everything we can is is how we support those farmers and, and compensate them um, and, and enable them to get their plantations back up and running. We have to operate within state aid rules. We can't just give out money. Even if we had it, even if I had all the money in the world in my pocket, I couldn't literally just hand it out. There are rules and regulations around how we spend taxpayers' money on this. It have to give value for money. But I, it is something I'm determined to get right. And I'm, I'm hopeful over the next does, couple of weeks we will... make farmers wary, though, entering another forestry scheme if there's something else like ash dieback? There's, that hits there's their, challenges their to farming across the board. We've seen flooding this year. We've seen droughts in previous years. Farming is a challenging um, enterprise, whether it's livestock, whether it's whether it's uh, trees, whether it's crops. That is the nature of farming. Farm, I think farmers understand that there are risks associated with farming. What we have to do in government is is support farmers, I, enable them to become resilient to those challenges, I, and and support them when the supports I, are I needed. I, I finally, because we do need to talk about it briefly. You mentioned floods. Minister McConlogue has said that a flood support scheme is imminent for farmers in the. Shannon Callows. We've seen major flooding on farms across Ireland this week. Could that flood support scheme be expanded or that fodder support scheme be expanded across the country now? Do you see a need for that? I, I think the, the Shannon Callows is a particular area and I've met with the farmers, I've visited the farmers there over the past couple of years and I have worked with Minister McConnell in terms of the development of a support scheme but ultimately support schemes and, and compensation schemes are not sustainable in the long run. You need to have a longer term plan for, for managing rivers. Who manages them? I certainly know from the Shannon, from meeting with the, the Save Our Shannon group as well is the, the, the sort of disjointed way that it's managed and that's a bone of frustration for them and I and I, and I accept and I, I agree with their concerns in relation to that. We also need to look about not only managing riv- the River Shannon or other rivers and other flood areas um, the longer term management of the lands around that. Um, we do have a situation where we have rising sea levels um, the water has to go somewhere um, we have removed so much um, of our natural vegetation over the last 20, 30, 40 years. Hedges, you name it. We've drained every bit of land we can nearly drain. That is having an impact. This water has to go somewhere and we now have to look at that. And that will be looked at under the land use review, how we manage our land and how best our land can deliver for all of societal needs. And I think that's important. And that was Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Senator Pippa Hackett, speaking to me yesterday. And our thanks again to her for joining us. 